Welcome to Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. We're sisters walking together on a journey of faith. We're not perfect. And we definitely don't have all the answers. We're inviting you to walk with us as we explore ways we can better know and grow in our faith. Together. Welcome back to another episode from Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. And today's topic is called Don't Forget to Woo. 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 <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, subtitle, uh, the importance of dating your spouse. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I do love that word woo, though, Lisa. You know, it, it is something my husband and I have said a long time to each other about wooing. Wooing. Wooing, you know, like the 12th century old English word for courtship. Nope. I <laughs> Your have husband no, actually uses that word. I had no idea it was a 12th century word for courtship. I, <laughs> of course you would know that. <laughs> no, we've always, uh, when we got married, my husband, or we got engaged, married, my husband used to joke, well, now that I've got you, I don't have to woo you anymore. And that's what we called it was wooing. So no, now that we've been married, uh, 25 years, we have learned that it is still important to woo or to date during marriage. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about is the benefits to marriage from continuing to date your spouse. And you, your anniversary is actually coming up in a few months from when, or weeks from when we're recording this, yes, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. It'll be our 25th anniversary. So very exciting. Oh, wow. Congratulations. It makes me feel old. <laughs> Of course, what does it? <laughs> These days? Um, yeah. I can think of a few things, but that's not this episode, yes. so let's go on. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I would say about 10 years ago, people started asking us, like, um, especially younger couples, you know, like, what makes your marriage strong? And you're like, I don't know. You know, it was just, it's not something we consciously thought about. And then over the years we started meeting more couples our age or a little bit older than us. So people that were middle-aged or approaching empty nest. And we started watching, it sounds so terrible, watching the number of our friends and, and people in our community that, that we knew that were um, struggling in their marriages as they hit middle age, especially and empty nesting. And it really made us start to talk about it as a couple, mm -hmm. you know, how do we avoid this and and what does it mean and what happens and stuff like that and so we came up as a couple though we decided that that was the importance of wooing that we had to to keep wooing i think that's really cute actually <laughs> <laughs> it's such a sweet and romantic way of thinking about it i mean and 10 years ago i mean that's you only being married 15 years and getting asked that advice that question i don't know that brian and i ever really thought about it from that perspective until you brought it up and I don't know how long ago that was so yeah maybe 10 <laughs> <laughs> well I think that I think it's a common thing for um marriages of our length or people of our age range that you spend so much time and energy your jobs your kids your even your lives that after a certain amount of time I don't want to say you take your relationship for granted, but you do kind of other things come to the forefront. 
right, get prioritized over spouse. Yeah. And I, I, think I can that's see that natural, especially if you have kids. I, I or you know. Yeah. Well, we talk about stages and seasons of life too. Raising kids. I mean, you start to think about it. We we each have three kids, and so the bulk of our marriage, I would say, both of us, has been in that season of raising your children. Mm -hmm. And so if that's all you know is how you live with your spouse while you're both parenting, I mean, just thinking about it now with my three kids, when our youngest goes, graduates from high school, I'll use that, graduates from high school, <laughs> we will have been parenting for 31 years of our marriage. <laughs> oh, that's, that's you want to talk so... about sounding old? That sounds old. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't have the age spread you do, but when ours graduates, our youngest graduates, um, will be next year. So 26 years for us. So yeah, it's just, I think it's, you're, you just, you're, you're preoccupied with, with your day to day and your day to day is parenting, work, household stuff. And I think it's easy just to kind of fall into a rhythm or a routine. And then you wake up one day and you're not so involved with parenting, maybe they're in college or they're uh, left the house or, you know, they don't need you physically as much day to day, right? And you wake up ideally, and, ideally, but they might need you emotionally, but, you know, but they, they move out and then you realize like there's distance between you and your spouse that you've spent so much time and energy and focus on getting them to places here and there or you know, I don't know, you know, all the day to day, you know, stuff yeah. with the kids that you've kind of lost track of prioritizing your time together and making it intentional. You know, most of the time you hear, I hear about people complaining or not being connected with their spouses. It's because one or both of them have retired and it's the first time that they're in the same house together <laughs> for the whole day. I'm, I'm trying to think if I remember mom and dad going through that specifically, but I think by the time they did that, we were all wrapped up in our marriages and raising our children. <laughs> We'd have to ask them how that went. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I did do some research and I've, I've looked into this and they do talk about that putting your spouse first, your relationship with your spouse first above your relationship with your children. And I know that's some people might think that's controversial, but the research actually shows that if you put your spouse first, it provides security, comfort, and stability for your family foundation. It gives your family a foundation that and then helps your children thrive. And it also, on the plus side, creates a great relationship where, a better relationship where each person feels loved, supported, and secure. So my husband and I, when we made this decision, we it's a mind shift of having to place your marriage above all of your children's commitments, like extracurriculars mm -hmm. or, you know, what's going on in life and, and really make the effort to date, which sounds so yeah. weird, doesn't it? <laughs> well, no, what you said has a lot of value to it because I was just thinking you're so often pulled in different directions. I mean, these child raising years and it, I'm trying to decide whether them being younger and littles is easier or more difficult than them being in high school. Because like you say, on the one hand, the kids are a little more independent, but at the same time, they traditionally have a little bit more 
um, extracurriculars and you're still taking them to lots of places. So it would be very easy to lose track of seeing your husband and paying attention to him and giving them the priority they deserve as your spouse when you're coming and going or they're traveling for work or you're both working crazy hours. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I would also argue giving, like you said, giving your, your spouse the priority, but also is saying yes when they want to do something and you're exhausted and you got 51,000 things to do and to say, I'm going to put that down and say yes and spend that time with you. So that's <laughs> the exhaustion. I was going to say the older you get, I think that's part of it is you just want to sit on the couch or is that me? <laughs> No, sorry, my mind went to uh, <clears throat> another euphemism for my husband says he wants to do something tonight. Oops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we aren't really going to talk gonna, about that. Like, uh, we're not going to talk about that now, but no. you can make inferences all you want. Okay. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Something, okay, I'll change the talk. Something my husband says to my kids. Um, and, you know, the first few times, I, I don't know, I kind of was like, what, what are you saying? But it's, it's, he tells the kids that mom is more important than you, which sounds terrible, right? <laughs> but he says, mom is more important than you. You are going to leave me. You're supposed to leave me. Mom is supposed to stay. Mom and I are here together forever and you guys are leaving. And so I, I know it sounds a little terrible, but it makes sense. Your spouse is your longer relationship than your children in your home. So Lisa, you just reminded me of a, that mom used to have this framed embroidery, I think it was in the den when we were growing up, that said, the greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. And that fits perfectly with what you just said about your husband. Forgotten all about that. That's so, mom used to have, the first, okay, the fact that you said den kind of screams like <laughs> 70s. And then it was wood paneled with bookcases. So it was, yes, it was a, wait, it's even better. It was a wood floor with wood paneled with bookcases. I can't even picture the floor. That's so funny. And then, um, yes, she had embroidery. She had like cross stitched, whatever stuff, little things on the walls all over the house. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny. What was the other one? Um, dull women have immaculate houses. There you go. And I didn't understand that as a youngster. I remember looking at that over and over and not really understanding that and now that i'm older i totally get it <laughs> yeah yeah and I'll, I'll bet you a coffee lisa that she still has one or both of those somewhere in the house oh i'm not taking that bet <laughs> i bet you i bet you she has all of them <laughs> okay so let's get back on topic back okay. on track okay so <laughs> it's corny but wooing or dating your spouse has several I still love that word wooing. perks well, you didn't even let, what was the definition? The, oh, I the actual know. definition is. Oh, you looked it up? I did look it up. To seek the favor, affection, or love of, especially with a view to marriage. I love that you looked it up. I did look it up. So we, we've definitely, that what we're here to talk about are the perks and the ways that wooing strengthens your marriage. I think dating helps our relationship be a top priority. If we're taking the time to date our spouse, mm -hmm. that means we're putting them first. Right. And, and we already mentioned it's not easy because life is life. But when you actually make that time, you have time to do all these other things. So it's really about making the decision and making the time to get together and do yeah. it. 
now I know there's, and I've had this discussion with lots of friends. And the first thing I always hear is babysitters, money. Okay. We're not talking complicated. We're talking about grilling on the back porch with the kids together. in the house. <laughs> yeah. making, right. Putting the kids in the house. Yeah. <laughs> or sending them upstairs and you watching TV on the couch. The point is I think you're together, right? Right. Or mm -hmm. if they're still younger and they go to bed really early, we used to have a lot of time in the evenings. And rather than just sitting and watching TV together, you know, maybe make a point, take a glass of wine and go, it's too hot to sit outside. But you know, if you live somewhere <laughs> where it's not 103 degrees today, go sit outside. You know, I even wrote down like weed the garden. I mean, if you like to work in the yard, do that. And of course we, That's a good point. we also, our, my husband and I will go do dinner in a movie. There's some old Instagram pictures of us like being at one of the Star Wars movies releases by ourselves, not taking the kids with us. And, you know, just making the point to do stuff you enjoy together. Nine times out of 10, our date nights are one of two things. They're either a walk around the block by ourselves or dinner. Those are, those are really our two standbys that we do. But honestly, you just want it to be something that you just enjoy and everybody's different. Yeah. I remember when Brian and I, when our girls were little, we would get a, a sitter and go out to like a special dinner. You know, we definitely had what we called our date night restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> we only went there on a date. We never went there with the kids. It was oh, just funny. that one place that we agreed, we like this place and we're never going to bring the kids here and it'll be just our place. Yep. We used to go to a little Mexican restaurant up here in front of the neighborhood. Do you do it like a weekly thing now or is it like try to do it monthly or do you just kind of give yourself the grace of, of being flexible? For a while, we were in the weekly habit. We would go every Sunday night and it was hard because at the time I would be like, Sunday nights are my nights to sit and prep my calendar for the week and to get out the lunches and like, you know, do all of the prep. But that was one of the only nights where we didn't have a lot of things going on, you know, other things. Mm -hmm. And so I had to adjust my schedule and my expectation of what I was going to get done. And, and we would, we would, the kids knew and, and the kids loved it. I, I didn't, this is not one of my tips, but the kids loved it. They were like, mom and dad are leaving, you know, like, bye guys, y'all have fun. We're going to sit and, you know, they, they get to sit and do whatever they want unsupervised, which sounds mm -hmm. not awesome, but you know what I mean? They had like frozen pizza and um, got to watch a movie or play video games. You know, it was like their free time. So um, they really liked it. All right. I know you've got another tip here. Okay. So. Number two is dating keeps lines of communication open. So we have found that when we spend time together, whether it's a walk or it's um, dinner or whatever, it, yeah, I mean, we talk about things like kids and work and whatever, but we also, it's like once you get past that and we usually give ourselves like five, 10 minutes, maybe 15 to kind of talk about those things. But then we make a concerted effort to not, <laughs> you know, try not to just spend the whole time going, well, I don't know, what are you doing Thursday? Well, Thursday I have this to do and, you know, just, just relaxing and having conversation. And we have found, not every time, but we have found that Sometimes we have conversations about like hopes, dreams, fears, future, you know, like those things that you don't just sit down and talk about, but it, it just kind of naturally when you're relaxed, I, gosh, that's so much harder to do than it sounds. 
<laughs> but but even if you're talking about your schedules or what happens, something with the kids and whatever, sometimes those conversations just it just brings you closer and it helps you remember that your um, partners, you know, that you need to talk about these things. Brian and I started doing that in the mornings after I take our youngest over to school. I noticed we started kind of falling into a routine of sitting and having a cup of coffee together. And it helps us to get synced, you know, to just kind of sync up. What's the day look like? What's the week look like? What are the, what are each other's expectations for the other person? Mm-hmm. That's and a good one. that puts you on the same page. And it, it can be 30 minutes. It can be an hour, but it doesn't have to be a long, long time. So even going on a date, like you said, going on a walk, mm-hmm. that could be anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And, and you're not making a huge to-do of it, but you're still connecting. Right. Right. And sometimes doing something on your date helps helps the communication even better because you're not just sitting there staring at each other, <laughs> which can be a little unnerving sometimes. Like I said, then you're just, you know, like stressing about all the things. Um, so sometimes doing stuff. All right. Number three is, and actually- I like I, that you have numbers. This is funny. You know me, I love lists. <laughs> I know. Um, Dating, this is my favorite, I think. Dating helps you model marriage for your kids. Oh, that's true. So that is really true. You know, as, as Christians and as Catholics, we are, we, we know, and we teach our families, our children that marriage is an important sacrament. um, And it's a foundation for the family. And by dating and wooing each other and continuing to place the importance on our marriage to our kids, they witness us. I don't say practicing what we preach, but but really seeing that we know and understand the importance of the sacrament and of um, our relationship. Yeah. I mean, even if they're little, they understand that mom and dad need time together and that they need time to go out. Well, think about it, that they, they, they recognize that love, right? That mom and right. dad like to spend time together. Mom and dad love each I mean it's not just saying I love you but but mom and dad want to be together and I think that's it's it's an important thing for them to see yeah now we grew up with that a lot I remember quite a few babysitters we had a lot of babysitters (laughs) (laughs) and I want to say that mom and dad went out I want to say it was Wednesday nights that they went out uh, they did square dancing they did for a lot of years they did a lot I mean, of years they square danced, which is kind of mm-hmm. corny to think about now. But, but at the time, it was the eighties. It was you know, it was great community. It was and a great exercise, and they made some really lifelong friends. They did being part of that organization. So, and they would go out with their friends. They 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 went on trips with their friends. They I remember a cruise one year, and oh yeah, the I neighborhood mean, group. Yeah, I mean, so they they went out at the New Year's Eve parties, and they went out a lot, and they would leave us with grandparents or when we got older, a uh, little bit by ourselves. It's kind of nice that we were so used to seeing them do that. I think I didn't even realize how much I internalized that that was normal. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that it wasn't normal. Um, <laughs> that was normal to us growing up, that our parents would go out. Mm-hmm. And they never said like we're prioritizing our marriage right now. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to picture dad being like, "All right, you kids, your mother and I are going out now because we're prioritizing our relationship. We're going to woo." No, they would never say that. Oh, oh 
he will now. <laughs> yes, dad, Mother you're going to tell him and he will say it. <laughs> he will. He will. And I will say that um, the very, I remember the first time we left our oldest so we could go out. She was, I want to say eight months old and we went to a wedding of a friend of mine and um, or my in-laws kept her. And that was our first time to leave her. It was overnight. We'd left her a little bit. That was the first time we left her overnight because it was on the other side of town and it would come back too late. And we just, you know. And um, I remember we went to that wedding and everyone there was like, where's the baby? <laughs> we were like, you were going to oh. bring the baby to a wedding? Oh, they wanted us. Oh, we didn't know. We didn't know. But we were like, oh, we were enjoying our time. <laughs> but it was so cute. That was the, I just remember that was the first time we left her like overnight and did her own thing. That actually leads right into your next one, which is that when you date your spouse, it reminds you of why or how you fell in love. It does. All the sweetness. Mm -hmm. When you um, take the time to woo, I don't know, it just finds that I feel like if you make this intention to date and woo each other, it finds you do other little sweet things for them. Like you remember, okay, here's an example. So I find that when we date regularly, um, we're more likely to text each other in the middle of the day and say sweet things. And that reminds me of when we first started dating college in the 90s and he had a pager, which is <laughs> so corny. This is before cell phones. So he had a pager. And so I would page him when I got out of class and then he would call me. Because again, we didn't have we didn't have cell phones and stuff, mm -hmm. so um, he would call me and we would we would check up on each other and chat on the phone and stuff. So it's just it, it, that kind of thing reminds me that we used to kind of call and check up on each other and see how it was going or meet up later, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so I have to ask: Did y'all do those long phone calls where you're like, "No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up." I'm sure we did. <laughs> I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I'm <laughs> I'm sure we did. <laughs> But also it can help you regain, like, most marriages start in friendship, whether it was mm -hmm. very short before you dated or long, you know, it, so, so getting together and doing fun things together, having those conversations, spending that time together reminds you of that time. And if you've lost that connection or you don't really, you know, you've gotten so caught up in uh, life now, it helps you regain that friendship and that touch point. I think we kind of talked about this next one a little bit, and that was uh, dating enhances your outlook. Uh, I think we meant that one to be kind of that in sync moment uh, where mm -hmm. when we connect, we remind each other we're, we're part of a team. You know, mm -hmm. we're not on opposite ends of a of a of a boxing ring. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and so perfect example. So like when a hiccup happens or a miscommunication happens, which I don't know about you, but like that happens to me. And my husband, like we miscommunicate sometimes, and like so, weekly or daily. Uh, I'll plead the fifth. I on didn't that have one. to answer that. Yeah. So when those things happen, I find that when we're dating and wooing, we're uh, we're more likely to give each other the benefit of the doubt, and that helps <laughs> tremendously. Like it helps things not go from a, you know, you turn a mountain in front of a molehill. Did I get that right? Yes. Yes. Like you keep it, keep it where it's supposed to be. Okay. You have a quote in here from St. Thomas Aquinas. So I do. I'll bring that up. It fits in really well here, Lisa. It says, the greater the friendship, the more solid and long-lasting the marriage will be. 
as we are united not only in flesh, but in domestic activity. And I really liked that. I thought it highly appropriate that you found that today. So I do. I love that. Since you found St. Thomas Aquinas, I found one from uh, St. Pope John Paul II. He wrote, love should be seen as something which in a sense never is, but is always only becoming. And what it becomes depends upon the contribution of both persons and the depth of their commitment. And I thought that fit in really well with talking about dating your spouse because it reminds us that it's, it doesn't ever just come to a stop. It's mm-hmm. always something that's developing and growing and, and getting richer and deeper. And so the idea being that when we do finish raising these children and they do go out of the house and create their own lives and their own families, uh, whatever path life takes them. Hopefully, the two of us, you and your Brian and me and my Brian, will, <laughs> yes, we did, um, we'll, we'll both be happy and have a strong and healthy relationship, whether we're retired or working or traveling or visiting or taking care of the grandkids. So Right. So we'll be on the same page still. Yes. And just to recap, if anyone didn't catch that, both our husbands are named Brian, which is why we didn't re- reference them by name. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't. We didn't do that on purpose either. So. No, but it, but it, I, yeah, I could get very, very confusing really fast. Our parents call them Lisa's Brian and Shelley's Brian. So, wrapping it up here, mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking, Lisa, about how dating your spouse helps you prioritize your relationship, communicate better. We model marriage for our kids. It reminds us of how and why we fell in love, and it keeps us in sync with each other, right? Right. Well, these things that help you grow in relationship and stay close to your husband, these are also the same things we do to grow in our relationship and stay close to God. I agree. It makes complete sense, right, where you consider... God is in our marriage. And by inviting and acknowledging God as the center of the relationship, the things that we do to stay close to our husband, we're also staying close to God and in the same time keeping God at the center of our marriage. I think it's easy to often forget that we have a sacramental marriage and we keep God in the center of our marriage. We had some friends who got married and their invitation included a beautiful scripture verse that was Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I had to really stop and think about that, but I like the the visual concept that a single thread, you can break it pretty easily. When you put two together, you might be able to, but when you put three together, you can't pull it apart as easily. I actually remember doing that experiment and elementary school. (laughs) Oh, well. I think this this is actually a really good topic about how to keep God at the center of your marriage. And we will have to make a note, Shelly, because I know you like to make notes to keep us on track. Make a note that we're going to make another episode about that. So the question for this week is, if you are married, are you still wooing? And if so, how has dating your spouse benefited your marriage? As always, we thank you for listening. We are very, very excited that you're here. And uh, come and find us over on our website, soundmindandspirit.com. If you scroll to the very bottom of our front page of the website, you will find a spot where it's, I think, I 
forgot what it says, keep in touch or let us know or stay connected or something. And um, sign up for our email list on there if you would. We would love to uh, be able to keep in contact with you. Always subscribe, leave us a review. Oh, speaking of reviews, Shelly, do you have feedback for one of the reviews that we got? Oh, yes. Marie says, I am loving your podcast. I feel like I'm hanging out right with y'all. And I thought, oh, what a sweet thing to say. It put a big smile on my face when I read it. (laughs) Thank you, Marie. We love hearing from you. And we're so excited that you like hanging out with us. Jelly, you ready to head off and go schedule that next date with your husband? I think so. I've got a couple of ideas in mind. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for being here. Bye.